0: There is a balm in Gilead to make the wound.
1: David. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name for ever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice. And he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord, who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the peoples his deeds. For he who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See my affliction from those who hate me. O you who lift me up from the gates of death, that I may recount all your praises. That in the gates of the daughter of Zion, I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk in the pit that they have made. In the net that they hid, their own foot has been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. Higaon, Selah. The wicked shall return to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are all but men. Selah. Psalm 9 in the ESV.
2: Welcome. Uh, I am Brian. I'm Grant. Hi, Grant. How are you doing today?
1: You know, it's been a it's been a tough day of discipline today, but uh we're getting through it. We're working through it.
2: I gotta say you did a good job on Hagaon. That's, yes. that's a good word.
1: Um I little known little known fact, I uh, used to lead a men's Bible study and right before I moved to Oklahoma we were just starting out in our study of the Psalms. And so I did some work in trying to figure out what all those weird terms that usually are just identified as probably a musical term. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember what this one was. But, I don't think anyone knows um, what
2: it is. I think it's like the only form yeah, of the but word. They got
1: some, they, they've got guesses. They've got guesses. They've, got, they've
2: yeah. got guesses. I think it's like one of the only forms of, the, of that particular word that's ever been found in any... Written text.
1: It may be. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it was just misspelling. And, eh. Well, they've considered that too, I'm sure.
2: Maybe so. All right. Well, we are in episode nine of The Balm in Gilead. Um, so, episodes one through eight were all kind of introductory episodes. And so, this is more or less, you know, the first episode of season one, if you will. Um, and so the, for the, the rest
1: next, prolegomena. This yes. is all, this is all Balming Gilead proper.
2: Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. Something along yeah.
1: those lines. <laughs>
2: um, and so, yeah, our, our season two officially will begin when we get done with this particular, uh, sec, uh, section of 24 episodes. And then every one after that will just be 24 episode long seasons. So this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of our season one and it's going to be, uh, over law and gospel. So, for the next 24 episodes, which, if we continue to release every other week, will be 48 weeks, which will be the better part of a year. Um, yeah. Law and gospel. So.
1: All right. So,
2: Baumgillia well, um, Law and Gospel.
1: Don't don't tell me we're just going to jump into a heavy topic. Like oh no, long gospel.
2: Oh no, it, this is going to be a pretty heavy one. So we decided that we we're going to do a fairly light and fun icebreaker. However, uh, this past week has been it's been a little heavy for me, and so I have not had the time to devote to a light uh, icebreaker. So I have given control one hundred percent into Grant's hands. And so I'll just be capable hands. I'll just be sitting on my over here on my throne, if you will. I think my face is in a cardboard cutout and that might be about to get hit with a pie. I am not sure.
1: Oh, it would be. But this is not a video podcast.
2: This is not a video podcast. And we're not in the same room.
1: Right. We are contractually obligated 630 miles away or whatever. Negotiated. Right. Negotiated. <laughs> we'll have to pull up that where the crow flies. Yeah. Uh let's see. Well, I do have an icebreaker for you. All right. And you know, I like a lot of podcasts and for many of us, the reformed camp, uh one of our favorites and uh much beloved has been for many years, although it is no longer going, The Reformed Pub. Uh I'm sure Brian you listen to this
2: Yeah in uh And this Sunday This Sunday I'm actually going to not have my butt in a pew What? I'm going to Get away with my wife for the weekend To celebrate a late Valentine's Day Because it's cheaper to do it the week After Valentine's Day
1: (laughs) Good thinking Nobody said Valentine's Day had to be on the 14th Um that's a Romanish concept, anyway. Also, according to my
2: kids, uh, what's more important than Valentine's Day is that the fourteenth was Canadian Flag Day Eve.
1: Right. Um, so you need to, you know, hey, let's have a little love for the our Canadian listeners.
2: Yeah, we got and, we got them a calendar that has all the random holidays listed on it, and it's not just for us; it's also for Canada. And so there, June was like. It's not just it's not just Valentine's Day; it's Flag Day Eve. <laughs> Will Wheaton would be proud.
1: Good on her for realizing that. Ah, uh, man, that's hilarious. Well, anyway, enough with the uh, enough with the introductions here. We are going to play. Would you rather? And we're not going to try to mess it up like Jim and David did on blogging. Uh, we're going to actually play a special and Gilead edition Ooh. of Would You Rather, and I have themed the question. Rather than you know just reading it off, um, I am actually made up my own question. We're going to see what you think. Uh, feel free to put your reasoning, or you know, be a Jim and just give me the answer. But we're uh, your question. If you're ready, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Would you rather? Okay, well, first I should ask, have you heard of the concept of retirement cruising?
2: Um is that when you get old and go live on a boat?
1: Well, yes, uh many people have found that it's actually a little bit cheaper uh to cruise around permanently um without uh you know for 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 a long time rather than uh dealing with paying for a house and food and all those things that you could get on land. It's actually cheaper to just live on a know, boat. Sit on a boat for a couple of years. Interesting. Okay. Now that we have that that context in mind, would you rather go on a retirement newsboys cruise where you must listen to the newsboys perform every night Or would you rather stay on land and never listen to any more music at all ever again?
2: Newsboys cruise.
1: What? Let me remind you. Okay. Before you make your decision, the newsboys are only going to play songs
2: (laughs) from the uh,
1: nineties.
2: Oh, from the nineties. Yeah. Absolutely. Newsboys cruise.
1: And they're going to even play their, their bad albums before going public.
2: By the way, going public was the name of one of their albums. It wasn't like he's not, he's not waxing eloquent saying before they
1: went public before their album going. public. Good point. Good point. For those of you born, you know, after 1995, um, their
2: album immediately yes. before going public wasn't too bad, um, and you're
1: gonna have to listen to. The, I mean, you're, you're gonna have to listen to this every day.
2: Is it Michael Tate singing?
1: Oh, well, let's see. I imagine that they're going to have to do some switching out of band members. So who is it, or is it going to be DC like? Talk. going <laughs> Yeah, or or even DC Talk tribute bands. They're just going to take those members and plug them in when there's. When 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 somebody so all of the know, DC talk
2: tribute off. bands will have to play, yeah. So, but but stay on land oh, and, and I never listen out, to music
3: ever again. This is going
1: to be this is going to be a cruise, but it's not going to be like in the Bahamas.
3: It's going to be like or
1: in... you know, Kazumel. You're gonna you're gonna be like exploring the Arctic Circle type things. You know, these are places you don't necessarily want to go. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna cruise the Persian Gulf. You know
2: I I will say this, since my other option is never listen to music ever again, I'm going to go with a holier than thou uh answer and say I cannot bear never to lift my voice with my brothers in church ever again.
1: Oh, okay, I was ready for you there. I was wondering if you were gonna bring this up. And I will allow uh, um a special exemption for uh, psalms only, uh, no instrument singing, um, and that will be available there on the ship because, of course, you can't get off. Um, so, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that would be for the other one. Be for for the other one. So, it'll be at your, your local church, and um, you can sing the psalms, and you're uh, not allowed to have any accompaniment, you know, uh, EP must be exclusive song to this i mean i'm
2: i'm 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 still gonna go with the with the newsboys cruise
1: still the newsboys cruise okay i mean okay
2: Okay, so so i'll say this if it if it was if it was a hillsong cruise (laughs) then i'll have to uh then, then if it was a hillsong cruise then i would have to channel my inner um for King and country and say, burn the ships. See what I did there.
1: Okay. Okay. So if it was a song cruise, it would definitely be. Yeah. It would. Okay. On land. It'd be on land. No music except for, of course, Psalm singing in church. Yes.
2: Okay. And, well, and, and in personal I mean, worship and in family yeah. worship, family worship, I think
1: would be. Hmm. I'll have to think about that, but yeah, I did say newsboys cruise. I, so you don't get sick of songs over and over and over again. Like I was counting, kind of counting on, even though you like them and there'd be something cool about that, uh, that there would be, yeah.
2: we I mean, how many years was the cruise? It was Like two years?
1: Oh, the rest of your life. Oh, you I didn't mean, say that. This is a retirement cruise. You, you, well yeah you, you defined this is retirement most of your life you defined
2: retirement no, got to cruise make earlier you defined retirement cruise earlier as a couple years
1: well okay i've never been on a retirement cruise to tell you the truth i've just heard about them and um my my assumption was that it may be maybe people get sick of it i don't know but i know that they are several years long but I would just say that you would just, you know, never get off the ship. You'd just be onto the next ship or I don't know, your boat would refuel or something, whatever it needs to do.
2: Okay. So if it is a matter of, for the rest of my life, listening to just news for the boys. rest
1: of your life, yeah. From 65 on, I mean, we're going to let you have a career and soak up as much music as you want, but you know, that day, your 65th birthday, it's onto the boat and you know, wave goodbye
2: yeah see you gotta be you gotta be clear with when you answer when you ask the questions. No, if we're talking that for the rest of my life all I could do for listen, the rest of the rest of my life yes. it's a matter of I could stay on a boat and listen to nothing but the newsboys or I can stay on land and only sing psalms with my brothers in church, and I would argue for family worship as well because that is just as important um I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Uh, then I would go with Salma exclusivity. So,
1: okay, okay. Even above the newsboys, I mean, these are the newsboys we're talking mm. about.
2: They are the newsboys. And if it was a couple years, if we're saying like two years of nothing but newsboys, I would definitely go with the cruise. But if we're if we're talking rest of my life, then I I want a boat. I, and honestly, I would say. It's more of the rest of my life on a boat than anything else.
1: I was wondering when the boat was going to enter the conversation because honestly, that's what would get me to like, whoa. Uh, I think the way that these retirement cruises actually work is that you actually get off at ports and whatnot, and you can actually get off the boat for a while, yeah. but anywhere where I'd need to stay on a boat for the rest of my life, I think, I don't know. I'd either get really used to being seasick or I would, uh, well, I don't know. It's just such a small space after a little bit of time, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, My wife and I are pretty introverted. And so I I assume that my wife and my family are on this boat with me, that my girls can visit me whenever they feel like and things like that. Um, But... The content of the boat for a little for you know an extended period of time doesn't bother me too much. Um, and so, if it's a matter of newsboys for a while, and then or nothing at all, at all, then I like to <laughs> I like to sing too. I like to sing too much. But um, you asked yeah. the question earlier. You wouldn't just get sick of, of listening to something over and over and over again. Um, yeah, it, especially when I was in high school and even this happened in seminary as well. Um, if there's a CD that I had that is really liked, I would just leave it in my car for like a year or two years. Really? Um, yeah. I can say that the three CDs I remember doing this the most, um, uh, Evanescence, their, their big no CD. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I like, man, I like listen to that for like, a year or two solid in college. Like it was all I played in my car. Um, I was all I listened to for a long time. And then, um, early seminary, uh, I had dashboard confessional, a mark, a mission, a brand, a scar. And I kept that in my car. And that was all I listened to for like a year solid. Uh, and then, um, uh, switch foot, vice versus would be the other one that did the same thing. Um, I I wasn't really big on listening to the radio. I would like switch it every once in a while to the radio, but for the most part it was, I'm in my car. I'm listening to this CD that's in my car. And I listened to it for like a year or two years without
1: ever taking I don't, it out. I don't know how you could handle that. Like there's so much great music being made and yeah, uh, you I've, were like, Nope, I've got mine and yeah. we're good.
2: That was, that's, that was how I was. And even now it's like, I don't, I don't listen to a wide variety of music. Like I don't have like this huge extended playlist on my on my phone. I listen to um I listen to Switchfoot. All all of Switchfoot, which is a lot of Switchfoot. They've been around for over twenty years. Um plus John Foreman's done a couple solo projects and he had a side project called Fiction Family. Have you ever heard of Fiction Family? Did I ever tell you about that one? I, it I sounds like
1: familiar, yeah. Yeah, it sounds familiar. But I I can't place it. My brother might know. I mean, he was a big Switchfoot fan too.
2: Yeah, it's John Foreman and Sean Watkins. Sean Watkins is from uh, Nickel Creek. Not Nickel. Oh yeah. But Nickel Creek.
1: <laughs> Not the bad Nickel. The good one.
2: The good one. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so they. Yeah,
1: I I did like Nickel Creek, and um, it sound like like I said, it sounds familiar, but I don't can't tell you if I listened to much of them.
2: Yeah, it's they. They were a kind of a folk rock band. They only put out two albums. I thought they were going to put out more, like every once in a while, like every like three or four years. But it's been a while since they did their second one. Uh, it's they're they're fun. They're they're really fun albums. Um, I hope that they release a third album at some point in time. But anyway, oh, nice. That's, that's well. neither here nor there.
1: Well, uh, we can put a link to it in the notes In the show notes Yeah
2: um, And then Colony House has kind of been my
1: My new band They just released their third
2: album And it's, it's pretty good
1: I have, I think, listened to it I saw that they released it And I've listened to, I, I think uh, Spotify gave me one of their tracks On uh, my um, You know, the new yeah. release list or whatever Yeah, so Yeah, cool, man all right. I also listen well, to a
2: lot of children's music.
1: <laughs> why would that be?
2: But only the good I children's don't music. Yeah.
1: You do. You do. You have Slugs and Bugs. You got. Um,
2: rain for Roots is a good one as well.
1: Brain Fruits. Yeah. Um, Perry Griff. Huh? I, I've
2: not listened to Perry Griff. I, we got a lot of Slugs and Bugs and then Rain for Roots. Uh, seeds Family Worship was one that I, I, I liked a yeah. lot of the early stuff. Um but yeah, that's my kids like a lot more children's music than I like, but I like the good children's music.
1: <laughs> um Baby Shark then? No. No, not that one. No. Okay. Alright. Just checking. No, not that one. <laughs> well now that we're all nice and and, and ready for the uh heavier topic of sin today uh are you ready to get started yes
2: now that we're done talking about fun stuff let's talk about sin um (laughs) this this episode we're we're going to talk about sin atonement and sacrifice uh these are three very uh very deep very heavy interwoven concepts and um you know you've you've heard me say over and over again that is a huge pet peeve of mine uh, when a song doesn't mention sin. And uh, and I kind of want to get to the deep, deep, deep root of that in this in this episode. Um, and, and and I've I've said this before uh, here or there, but I wanted to, to reiterate this as well. I think that at a minimum, a song should, Say the word sin Um If it doesn't say the word sin Then it needs to It needs to uh, Refer to sin Uh correctly So I I would say that Even that would be a little bit better Like if you're not going to say sin At least refer to it In biblical terms Or in, uh, in accurate definitions Um Classic example, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. Um, it doesn't, that's not the word sin, but it is an accurate definition of it. And so if you're not, if you just say the word sin without defining it, then that leaves it open to interpretation. Um, however, if your church interprets sin correctly, then just saying the word sin can then be defined through liturgy. Um. So it needs to, if it's not going to say the word sin, it needs to at least define it. But what would be best is if your song does both. If it says the word sin and defines the word sin um, in correct biblical terminology. Because if you ignore sin completely, like 100% ignore it, then you can't. You can't fully worship, like it is. It's it is necessary. It is uh, it is a necessary element for worship is to address the sin in your life, to confess the sin in your life, and to repent of the sin in your life. So, not every song needs to talk about sin. I, I've, I've said this as well. This is I'm talking in general terms. Songs like the the uh, the collection of songs more songs need to talk about sin sin needs to have more airplay because when we completely ignore it in all of the music that we listen to then it's it's going to be hard but it's also it's very hard to be positive encouraging if you're talking about sin all the time
1: (laughs) what about say for the little ears in the back 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 seat i
2: there's it's very i mean there's ways to do it um I mean, Jesus' storybook Bible talks about sin quite a lot, and it defines it just well. Um, I don't have to go into gory detail of my sin. I don't have to describe my innermost thoughts in, pornographically. Um, that would be, I think, sinful to to do that. Um, and so, um. So it is. It, it is. It's important to talk about sin, and like I'm going to give an example of a song that mentions sin. Um, I've heard people talk negatively of the song. I think the song is not very strong for a lot of reasons, mostly because it is. It's basically um, an Arminian flagship song. It's called "O oh Come mm-hmm. to the Altar" by Elevation mm-hmm. Worship. I mean, it's mm-hmm. literally an altar call, uh, which is. One of the big liturgical elements that separates Arminians from Calvinists is Calvinists don't have altar calls because we feel like uh, it's a manipulation of the person and the emotions and trying to force people to feel like they need to come down the altar. That's
1: what they turn into a lot of times anyway. Um, Yeah. Charles Finney
3: started
2: a
1: lot of that back in the second great awakening.
2: Yeah. And uh, and so "Oh, Come to the Altar is an altar call. But the... The song starts off really strong It says are you hurting and broken within Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin um, The song really goes downhill Very far after that But it addresses sin And it addresses sin at the beginning Of the song The earlier you can mention sin uh, the, the more clearly that is the lens Through which the rest of the song is defined And so, uh, so I, I find that to be very important um, But I want to get into uh, some scripture here And I want to get into uh, There's a quote uh, This is a quote by C.J. Mahaney Who is the pastor of Sovereign Grace Church um, Currently it's out of Louisville, Kentucky um, Bob Coughlin is his worship leader And um, Bob Coughlin is, is known For being a, a devout man of worship He's written a lot of books on the subject uh, He's written a lot of music as well. Uh, that's very good.
1: Um, these are the T4G guys,
2: right? I mean, these are the T4G guys, uh, very close ties with Southern seminary. Um, they're, I'd say like they're, the biggest thing that people complain about sovereign grace is that they are continuationists. Um, uh, okay. And, um, uh, and so that, so take that as you will. But CJ Mahaney, uh, had this quote in one of his sermons and, in this quote, he quotes John Stott, who was, um, I think he was a theologian back in, like, C.S. Lewis's day. I'm, I don't know very much about him. I just saw a picture of him, and he looks like he was old, like C.S. Lewis. Um,
1: yeah, I think he was around, yeah, he, he's, he's dead now, I'll tell you that. But um, yeah. I can't remember if he was... Uh... I could have,
2: I could have done that little bit of research. But as I said, I didn't even, I didn't even plan an icebreaker. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, CJ Mahaney in one of his sermons quotes John Stott. And then Shy Lin, the rapper used the audio clip of CJ Mahaney's sermon uh, to kind of denouement one of his songs. His song was called, Were You There? Um, and it was on his album, The Atonement, which is one of my favorite albums in the world. I did not listen to it a year straight, but uh, I've listened to it. I've listened to it very many times. Um, Downloaded to Spotify. Downloaded to Spotify. So uh, in this song, were you there? He is playing with the Negro spiritual. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And, um, and in the song, he says, were you there? I was there. You know, I was there. And I, I, I hang my head because I it causes me to tremble. Yeah. It's a, it was, it's a really good song. You should, we will link it in the show notes. I want to link the entire album in the show notes because it is such a powerful album. If you don't like hip hop rap music, tough, listen to this album. (laughs) Um, that is not an excuse. This album is, is fantastic. Um, but at the end, CJ Mahaney uh, plays the audio clip, the John stock quote, I'm just going to, just do that quote first it is um before you can begin to see the cross as something done for us we have to see it as something done by us uh and so the cj mahoney quote really expands on that it says were you there when they crucified my lord the old spiritual the old negro spiritual asks and we must answer yes we were there not as spectators only, but as participants, guilty participants, plotting, scheming, betraying, denying, and handing him over to be crucified. We may try to wash our hands of responsibility like Pilate, but our attempt would be futile. Before we, before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, leading us to faith and worship, we have to see it as something done by us, leading us to repentance only the man or woman who is prepared to own his share in the guilt of the cross may claim his share in its grace and especially just taking that before we could begin to see the cross as something done for us leading us to faith and worship we have to see it as something done by us leading us to repentance so we cannot worship in the glory of the cross until we take ownership of it and and that is the addressing of our sin, the repenting of our sin. Without that, we cannot worship. And so songs that ignore sin, and, and there's, I'd say if a song doesn't mention sin, it does so for two reasons, or one of two reasons. One, the song's not about sin. As not every song has to be about sin. It doesn't have to ask the question, what's wrong with me? You know, why, why am I being saved? Songs don't have to answer that question. However, the other reason would be this. The song is just completely ignoring sin. And, and I find that to be the case much more often. And you, you hear it when the songs replace the word sin with something else. That's why I, I'm so, um, I get so upset with like the word fear or the word shame or the word um, darkness. darkness or mistake. Mistake is the worst. Failure mm. is another good one. Um, the song uh, 10,000, 100, what is it? I don't know. So will 10, I. 10,000 Reasons? No, not 10,000 Reasons. Though 10,000 oh. Reasons doesn't talk about sin. That's a tangent I wasn't going to get into. 10,000 Reasons is a paraphrase of Psalm 103. And Psalm 103 says you have taken my sin and you have separated it from the East is from the West. And the song Ten Thousand reasons doesn't talk about sin at all. Um, that's a tangent. Um, no, the a <laughs> hundred billion X by a hill song. Um, oh, those, okay. Uh, so we have talked about this one before. We have, it says on the hill you created, you know, the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die, which is so great. And this is, and, and as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappeared. It's like, no you could have said sins and it would have been better um <laughs> and but it's like they go out of their way to not say sin uh, a lot of songs do um and that just drives me crazy um uh not raise a hallelujah their other one um no longer slaves I'm no longer a slave to okay. fear i'm a child of god like that one drives me baddie the most I think that one's like the top on my list of why didn't you just say sin because that's what the scripture says I'm no longer a slave to sin Um, so anyway you've heard me rant about both of those songs before so I'm going to move (laughs) I'm going to move on we have a lot to cover Um, most of this is going to be I'm going to read a lot of scripture uh, and then we can kind of talk about each one and we've talked about some of these scriptures before But in Luke 7 uh, Starting in verse 36 It says One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him And he went into the Pharisee's house And reclined at table And behold a woman of the city who was a sinner When she learned that he was reclining at table In the Pharisee's house Brought an alabaster flask of ointment And standing behind him at his feet Weeping she began to wet his feet With her tears and wiped them with The hair of her head and kissed his feet And anointed them with the ointment When the Pharisee uh, who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. They said to him, you have judged rightly. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil. But she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with, uh, with him began saying to themselves, who is this, who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Uh, this is a fantastic story It's a beautiful story And it really gets at where, where we are If we Don't want to address sin If we don't want to address it at all Then our worship is going to be little If, if we If we don't address sin We are essentially saying I have been forgiven of little I'm, I'm, I'm not going to even my, my What I have done in the past that has been forgiven Isn't even worth thinking about because it's so little. It's so, so much of a, so insignificant in my life in the past that it's not even worth bringing up. Mm. And, um, and you you just can't have deep worship. Like all you're going to do is you're going to have empty praise. You're just going to do it for the act. If, if my motivation for worship is my incredible forgiveness, like the incredible forgiveness of, of my, Willful disobedience to God's will Then my worship is going to be Fueled correctly And it is going to Is going to be alive And it is going to be rich and deep But if my motivation for worshiping is If if my motivation for worshiping Is simply To sing Or to worship or to praise Or to You know I don't know. Like if if my motivation is anything other than the forgiveness of my own sin, then it's going to be, it's, it's going to, it's not going to carry any weight. It, It might as well just be an act that I'm trying to do in order to gain my own salvation. And, um, and so that's why that is so, so major. That's, that's why it bothers me so much when we, when we don't talk about sin because without sin, what is my, what is my worship?
1: Yeah, what strikes me about this passage that you read as you were reading it is um the woman and her approach to Jesus. I mean, uh she knew that she was forgiven and she was just so overcome by that particular fact. I think we know she is forgiven because Jesus is relating that very clearly, like um the one who's been forgiven much. Right. And it's pretty clear that he means the woman here. Yeah. Uh and so what's so amazing about that is just uh, the depth of her understanding of that forgiveness mm-hmm. um, is, yes, made possible by her sin, but then also by believing in Jesus and believing in his ability to forgive. Uh, whereas the Pharisees are contrasted there against her uh, response, and they are said to not understand How much sin they have for one, um, but for uh, for another, that they uh, that that they're that they're even approached, that they're even questioning if Jesus has the right to forgive sins, right? Um, Because of course they don't believe he is the Son of God, right? And only God can forgive sins. But what? So I I find that contrast really intriguing. Um, that this woman not only understands her sin, understands that it is sin. Jesus has forgiven her, understands that Jesus has forgiven her and understands that Jesus has the right to forgive her. Um, right. And then out of that outpours this this, this beautiful act of worship. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, th- that is uh, quite the striking the striking difference between sort of a heart that's set on um, getting what they uh, feel they rightfully deserve um, deserving um, salvation. Well, well not, not in this case, but deserving, you know, uh, an eternal reward in the case of the Pharisees versus this woman who knows she was never um, going to earn that. And um, the outpouring of worship then when she was given that by Jesus.
2: Yeah. And there's a there's another story that is incredibly similar in a lot of ways. It's incredibly different in many in many surface level ways, but it is incredibly similar in a lot of ways. And I'm gonna read that one next. And it's another familiar passage from Isaiah six. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations and the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, Atoned for. In both of these stories, um, the in the first one the woman, and then in the second one Isaiah, they both witnessed the Lord, um, and they witnessed him for who he was. The woman did not see the full glory of the Lord. I mean, and really, neither did Isaiah. Isaiah saw more glory than most, but the woman saw. Jesus for who he was And recognized the glory In the same way that Isaiah did And they both had the same response uh, Repentance And worship
1: Yeah and a lot of churches I, I I can't remember If this was kind of in our after show Commentary but uh, A little while ago when we were talking about The re- regulative principle of worship mm-hmm. um, A lot of churches that are do hold to the R P W, um, mention this passage, this very passage here, Isaiah six, as the framework for the church service, right? Yeah. Um, where we uh, must acknowledge our sin, and uh, but we are given uh, that that assurance of of atonement, um, and what you've mentioned before is you know, songs really help us do that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and which is probably also why it's so important that our songs that we sing in church, our worship songs do mention things like sin that mention these heavy topics that are, you know, not as, not as, uh, as comfortable to talk about, not as, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely not necessarily songs that are going to bring the crowds in. Um, but it's important because what's more important than bringing in crowds to Sunday service, which is debatable, is to actually worship God. I mean, that's yeah. why you are there. And by, it, it, like we've established before, you can't worship without a, a good understanding of your own sin.
2: Right. And uh, there's a very important word. That we, we see in this passage in Isaiah 6 In fact, it's it's in there three times And that is holy, holy, holy um, You know, the Lord is He's not just holy Holy means to be set apart um, You can have We can have things that are holy in our lives And that's not a sacrilege I can have something that I consider to be holy Um Which simply just means set apart. Um, And a lot of times it would be set apart for a specific purpose. If I have shoes that I only wear um, for a specific purpose, those would be, in a sense, holy. Um, This doesn't mean that they are full of holes, that that might be the case if they're my running shoes. Um, (laughs) Or my uh, lawn mowing shoes. Um, you know, but to, to think of it as even more of a religious thing, we have, we might have, um, shirts that we only wear to church and we might have a, like, I only wear ties when I go to church and that's on occasion, not even every week. So there are certain things that I might wear only to church and those you could say are my holy garments. Um, those are set apart for a purpose, but God is set apart in the most unique way possible, because he is the only God, because he is, uh, because he is, who he is, he can he is defined as holy, holy, holy. He is set apart. He is the most set apart of all of the set apart things. And uh, usually, when we use the word holy, we refer to things set apart for the purpose of worshiping Yahweh. Um, But that isn't necessarily what the word means But since the Lord is Holy, holy, holy We have to Understand the gravity Of that And our sin is part of that Our sin Separates us Holy, with a W From God It completely sets us away It sets us um, Apart From being able to to go into the presence of God. And that is why Isaiah flipped out because he said, I- I'm not going to be able to, uh, I'm not going to be able to survive because I have seen the Lord and I'm sinful. And, and how can I, how can I survive this? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a dead man. And he says, woe is me, for I, am lo- for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. And so the angel comes and cleans his lips. And so now he is no longer a man of unclean lips. He, is, he has been sanctified. Uh, his sin has been atoned for. And so this is, that is what worship is. Worship is the acknowledgement that I am sinful and that God is holy. And that the only way I can reach God is through the atonement of my sin, and the atonement of my sin can only be done through sacrifice. That um, kind of leads us into this idea of the uh, Levitical, uh, the Levitical priestly system uh, in the Old Testament. Leviticus—it's it, a very—it's a very fascinating book. Um, you know, there's always a joke that you're going to start your reading plan, you're going to—you're going to like blaze your way through Genesis. You're going to make it through Exodus, and then you're going to hit Leviticus. What right out of gas in Leviticus. And you're going to get to Leviticus four. <sighs> <laughs> so I'm going to read some of Leviticus four. And then we'll talk about it. Uh, by the way, there is fantastic video series. We've talked about it before. It's called uh, Read Scripture. It's put out by um, The Bible Project. Uh, I thought their Read Scripture series was very well done. Um, they, I don't agree with 100% of the things that they say, but they never say any of those things authoritatively. Uh, they, and they give you options of different, what different people believe. But anyway, um, in their Leviticus video, they explain a lot of this really, really, really well. And so I encourage you to do that. We're going to link that in our show notes, but I'm just going to read, um, I'm probably going to read too much. So just bear with me. It says and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel saying, if anyone sins unintentionally in any of the Lord's commandments about things not to be done, and does any one of them. If it is an anointed priest who sins, thus bringing guilt on the people, then he shall offer for the sin that he that he has committed, a bull from the herd without blemish to the Lord for a sin offering. He shall bring the bull to the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord and lay his hand on the head of the bull and kill the bull before the Lord. And the anointed priest shall take some of the blood of the bull and bring it into the tent of meeting, And the priest shall dip his fingers in the blood and sprinkle part of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense before the Lord that is in the tent of meeting. And all the rest of the blood of the bull he shall pour out on the base of the altar of burnt offering that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And all the fat of the bull of the sin offering he shall remove from it the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is in the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them and at the loins and the long lobe of the liver that he shall remove with the kidneys, just as these are taken from the ox of the sacrifice of the peace offering and the priest shall burn them on the altar of burnt offering, but the skin of the bull and all its flesh with the head its legs, its entrails, and its dung All the rest of the bull He shall carry outside of the camp To the clean place To the ash heap And shall burn it up on fire uh, On a fire of wood On the ash heap it shall be burned up This is a very long passage Very detailed passage And this isn't even This isn't even for anyone in Israel This is for if The priest who is required to uh, to be the mediator between the people and God. If the priest sins, this is what he has to do before he can do anything else. And so this, uh, this was a major thing. So the priest basically had to do this. This is him clocking in. So you go to work, you hit your clock in button, and that's it. When this priest got to work, this was his clock in button. Because... If when you read the context of Leviticus, this is if this is on the happenstance that he unintentionally sinned without knowing it. So I accidentally, in case I accidentally sinned, I need to make sure that I atone for that sin of unintentionality before I can mediate between the people and God, or I will die.
1: It doesn't. I don't see it here, but I'm almost certain. That part of that also, and maybe, maybe it's just for uh, like the Day of Atonement. Um, this which
3: isn't is even the day, of Atonement. Towards, yeah,
1: right, right. This is, that that's more toward the middle of the book. Yeah. Um, exactly in the middle, too. Uh, I mean, if you watch the Bible Project video, yeah, um, they discuss how it's uh, it the, the structure of it, anyway. Um, that's beside the point. Um, Where there's actually special clothes that they are to put on, too. Um,
2: Leviticus 6. Leviticus chapter 6 talks about the special clothes. I almost chose an excerpt from that. uh, It was really difficult to find, like, the perfect excerpt of Leviticus to talk on the podcast.
1: Without reading, like, the whole book. Without reading the entire book of Leviticus. And then we'd lose all, you know, all five of our listeners, and that would be a shame.
2: Yeah. It would be a shame.
1: However, uh, but yeah, I think that's really great, though, that they discuss... Uh, this putting on of these particular clothes, like after they've, um, you know, kind of atoned for their sin, then there are these new clothes put on them, like this Mm -hmm. new righteousness that are um, before they can then go and enter the uh, temple to go about their duties.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so, and, and I actually hinted at that when I said holy garments earlier, I was thinking about, that particular passage because I just read it, um, looking for the the best of all of it. I wanted to talk about Leviticus four though because it is referenced in Hebrews four and five, and it says, um, "Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession." For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And then starting uh, chapter five, it says for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts And sacrifices for sins, he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So, in Christ, uh, so also, Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience uh, through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So I'm not going to get into the whole Melchizedek thing, though that is fascinating. Um, But what I I wanted to, to point out in that passage is that Jesus is now our great high priest. And... In Leviticus, the high priests had to first atone for their sin. They had they had that long clocking in ritual where they had to kill the bull, and they had to um, had to completely just have it consumed by the fire and by sprinkling the blood in the tent, and then taking the remains outside of the camp. I mean, it was this long process before they could even start to mediate between the people. But Jesus even though he was tempted just in the same way as every one of those priests, the same way that he was, that that we have been tempted, he was without sin so that he did not have to atone for his own sins. And because he didn't have to atone for his own sins, the sacrifice that he brought, which was also himself, he brought himself as the sacrifice, uh, because that sacrifice was pure and because he did not need to atone for his own sins, that one sacrifice he made was it. And we need to understand that weight. We can't just say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. It it doesn't carry it enough. It doesn't explain it enough. It it doesn't, it doesn't, it it doesn't conquer the depths enough um, to just praise God for for what he has done without explaining what he has done or the need for why it was done. It's just, it's not enough. And, and, uh, and I've said this before, um, I think church liturgy is, is highly responsible for filling in those gaps. Songs don't need to go all the way in uh, every single time, because liturgy can do that. But in, to, in today's culture, churches have kind of abandoned liturgy. Uh, the, the modern evangelical church doesn't really have um they don't have times of extended prayer or times of extended scripture reading or times of corporate confession of sin and when we don't have that we rely heavily on the content of the songs to do that for us so when the songs fail then the church is just failing holistically and that is just and that is sad um and uh, so my, my plea is that if songs could include sin more often If songs could go deeper And that might drive people more toward the scriptures And might drive people more toward a deeper understanding Of who we are as sinners saved by grace And who Jesus is The thrice holy, uh, perfect sacrifice and perfect high priest. And when we understand that, when we understand the weight of our sin, we can experience the depths of the joy of our salvation.
1: That's right, man. And um, it is, yes, a heavy subject, uh, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very serious. I don't, you know, sin is, going against God's laws we have transgressed God's laws and that is a very serious thing it is god is a god who ought to be worshiped because he is the highest um being in the all in in all the universe you know and um he deserves that um and when we go against that um that results in death i mean it says right there in romans that the wages of sin is death yes Um, but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus his son and um, the more that our songs can help us to do that uh, the more our liturgy can help us to do that um, the better because we will have a more right view of ourselves in relationship to god and we will like uh, you said earlier brian Uh, we'll be able to actually worship. Um, Whereas without an understanding of our sin, without an understanding that we have um, transgressed God, um, we cannot worship because there's nothing to be forgiven of.
2: Right. Right. And, uh, and, and that is why ultimately this is such an important issue to me. Um, There's a couple more things that I want to, um, I want to address before we wrap up. The first is um, there's a guy I went to college with. His name is Cody Curtis. And uh, I would love to eventually get him on this show. Um, I, I think that he would be willing to do that. Just if we can awesome. align our schedules. But um, he, uh, I went to union university and he was a year or two below me. And he's, he currently works there as one of their residence directors but he has his doctorate in musical composition. And I think he also like teaches some with in their music school. And he, I think he's at least very friendly with all of the music majors and he has uh, access to all of the unused mattresses and he knows where all the empty dorm rooms are. And Mm -hmm. he has purchased some recording equipment. And so he, uh, just one of his side projects that he does Is he records Highly orchestrated um, Music that, uh, he, that He writes and, um, and he does it in dorm rooms He calls it uh, Mattress Fort uh, Recording Studio I think is what it's like the official name Of it but his band is called Salos it's P-S-A-L-L-O-S uh, They have um, Three major Albums out right now um, one of them is over the book of Romans, one is over the book of Hebrews and one is over the book of Jude and it is his life goal to, um, cover every epistle. And, uh, so he's got a long road ahead of him and, uh, but his music is, it's interesting. It, it's not pop music. It is absolutely no. not pop music. It, none of it would ever work on the radio, but it is art. And it is beautiful, and it is brilliant, and it's is—it's creative, crafted, clever, and clear. I said that from memory. Um, I wasn't wasn't even planning on it. It's suppressive. It is. Uh, And so he has graciously allowed me to play two of of the songs from his Hebrews album. We're going to play it after the credits of the show. So just listen to the end. These two songs together, they blend one straight into the other. Uh, He likes to do that like his albums just kind of all blend from track to track. Um, but these songs are called the old and the new, the old focuses on the tabernacle focuses on the, the temple worship on the sacrifice, the new focuses on Jesus and on the once and for all sacrifice. And so I'm just going to play both of the songs back to back. And it is, it's, it's 11 minutes long. Um, it's long.
1: We're not sorry.
2: We're not sorry. I my kids my kids have memorized every word to these two songs. Have they? They have. That's awesome. Yeah. They they love these two songs. They 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 dance to them. It's it's really 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 funny. Um
1: Yeah, these are week... essentially the scripture. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I I don't think it's like word for word, um but it's essentially Uh, the scripture and and
2: what these two songs do. That's very interesting. And and I talked about prosody in in previous Uh, episodes. These uh songs uh, are the epitome of prosody. Every element to these songs speak together to explain what the, what the message of the song is. In fact, I think that the music almost does a better job than the words of explaining what, what the main message of the song is. And, hmm. and that is the over and over again Like the, the futility of the sacrificial system And just how it, how it didn't work And how it was it wasn't designed to work It was designed to point us to Christ The sacrificial system never was designed to be an act That could save anyone The sacrificial system was always set in place To point to its own futility So that we would long for a once and for all redeemer that could save us from our sins. So that we. That we could put our faith and trust in. And so that's important to remember as well. Um, so this is it's brilliant. It, this is some of my favorite music in the world. And I highly recommend you listen to it. Listen to the whole album. We'll link the whole album. In uh, the Spotify playlist. And it's like a two hour long album. But man if you can carve out the time. To just listen from beginning to end. It has one of the best climax denu Maz, of any album. It just it is so satisfying. But yes. Um yes. So highly recommend that. Uh the other thing I would recommend uh watching is a sermon by a guy named Paul Washer. Um Paul Washer probably has the best grasp of sin and the gravity of sin um of just about anyone who's living right now. Um And he was a missionary for a long time. Uh, He is now a meme. And the meme that we see on the internet a lot is, uh, I don't know why you're clapping, I'm talking about you. And this is the sermon that that meme has come from. Um, Essentially, and I'll just kind of set this up, he is talking to a high school uh, gathering. and, And he is just he's just bringing the gospel and he says something along the lines of, you know, if people would just care more about looking like Jesus than, than looking like dated reference, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, um, you know, we would have a better understanding. And then everyone just like erupts and applause. And he just says, I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. And, uh, and I don't think that, I don't think anyone in the audience made a sound after that for the rest of the sermon it was just it was very quiet and beautifully awkward um (laughs) and so if you've never if you've never watched this sermon if you've only if you're familiar with the meme or even if you're not familiar with the meme but you've never watched this sermon i recommend carving out some time to watch that as well it is it 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 appears
1: uh, to be about 58 minutes long but it um, is
2: well worth it um There's a reason why the Babylon Bee made the joke that one time Paul Washer got accidentally uh, invited to preach at Lakewood, which
3: is Joel (laughs) Osteen's church.
2: And it said, it was like Paul Washer accidentally preaches at Lakewood, thousands dead. Um, (laughs) They were just slain by the gospel. It was, that's another good one. We'll link that one as well. Um, It will make more sense after you watch the, uh, the sermon. But yeah, those are just some of the, the last few things I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, so listen to Hebrews. Listen to the atonement. Listen to the Paul Washer sermon. Go watch the Bible Project video on Leviticus. And I feel like there's something that I'm missing.
1: Uh fiction family we got to listen to that shylin yes the atonement
2: yeah listen to fiction family as well it is not anywhere closely related to the rest of all this is that'll be a, <laughs> that'll be the Except light that we mentioned it. that'll be the that'll be the 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 light uh just listen to it in the right, somewhere right in the middle just to kind of <laughs> build you back up for a little bit um yeah we'll throw in a we'll throw in shine as well in <laughs> the
1: middle of the playlist
2: from Going Public.
1: Shine. <laughs> we talked about Going Public, which is solid.
2: Which is solid. Is yes. Um I'm just going to end on a random story because this is amazing. I my one of my bosses at work uh early on in my time there. Uh mm-hmm. I had talked about how I like to fold origami. Like that was a hobby mm-hmm. of mine as a child. And she responded with, Oh, did you join the Amish? And I was like, huh? I don't catch your reference. She was like, you know, join the Amish, teach the poor origami. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, um, um, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's fire. The army 'Cause it's the kind of faith that might persuade a strict dictator to retire and fire the army and fire teach, the, the, army, the, poor teach origami. the poor origami. And she was that like make more sense. And she was like, No, no, it's join the Amish. It's and I was like join
3: the
1: Amish. I was like, I
2: think you should what? Look, I think you should look up the lyrics. And so it became this heated thing where she was like, she was Oh dear. Like, <laughs> she was like incredibly convinced that this is join the Amish. She's like, I've been making this reference for years everyone and their mom knows it's joined the Amish and i said i said well maybe your mom because she loves you <laughs>
1: Wow and this is yes. your boss
2: yeah that was one of my bosses we we've started oh, off our wow. relationship on on a good foot like that was I, I i had already felt at that particular point in time that i that I could make that comment to
3: her <laughs> but
2: this I also made that comment to her after she looked up the actual words and oh, she okay. yeah so okay. she was already like it was great that was that was fantastic that was uh yeah and so I work at chick-fil-a the song shine comes on the music all the time. Like every day we, we, yes, it's one of it's in, it's in the mix. So every time that it comes on, I mean like for the last year, uh, every time it comes on, I'm like, Hey Aaron shines playing. (laughs) So it's still good.
3: Still good. All
2: right. Do you have anything final you would like to say?
1: Man, I would just say that we have a great group of um, uh, of episodes coming up here. We're going to be talking about uh, Christ's work um, and His completed work, really, uh, which we alluded to here. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about um, some songs that uh, belittles in, in Jesus, uh, and you know, obviously examples to avoid. Uh, but then also, uh, we're going to have uh, kind of close out our three. A block segment by uh, kind of a song battle if you will uh where we kind of take apart two different songs and compare them to each other um and we'll get to that in a few weeks so yep. stay tuned stay tell tuned. your friends absolutely uh, share an email share by the way
2: uh, I-, I noticed a new podcast that popped up on our on our comps and that was like letters to joseph smith
3: oh uh, yeah so please share us that one Please share us so that we Smith. can
2: get become unassociated with the Joseph Smith podcast. Please, yeah,
3: please
1: do us a solid. Uh, like get us, us out of review that us. Algorithm.
2: Get us out of that algorithm, please.
1: And share us with all your uh, all your church friends.
2: Yes, that would be great.
1: Or even your non-church friends. will hopefully they'll they'll like it too.
2: All right. Well, with that, I'd like to say my sin oh the bliss of this glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more praise the Lord praise the Lord oh my soul
0: there is a bone in the eye to make the wound Ball! Oh.
1: Thank you for listening to the balming gilead podcast we love hearing from you so email us at there is at balmcast.com we are a part of the tech reformation family of podcasts and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com we'll see you there if you enjoyed the balming gilead podcast please encourage others to listen we value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead Podcast.
3: Now gather round all
4: you ladies and gents, let me tell you about this earthly tent to where the Lord descended and people were told to repent. What you may not know that Jane and Joe was that long ago They'd take bulls and goats and they'd cut their throats And hope the blood would savor their souls If you look back, Jack, to the tabernacle with a deep respect You think you'll be thankful that the old is gone and the new has taken its place There was a glorious space, that holy tent, for that come and stay away covenant But the new's been sent and the old has passed away now don't miss me, don't get me wrong It was a splendid tent, 45 feet long 15 high, 15 wide With beautiful walls on the side And it was divided into two big parts The priest would start in the holy place Where he would go in each day to offer things So that the Lord would change his mind And not destroy everyone in line The next part was the most holy place And wherever you There was just one day where the high priest would go behind the curtain Determined to avert the certain wrath of God That would destroy the vermin of the land And in the grand plan of wisdom divine The inside was like a garden ripe with relics prized Which symbolized that paradise where you might could find And if you look back, Jack, to the tabernacle with a deep spell to think you'll be thankful that the old is gone and the new has taken its place? It was a glorious space that holy chair for that comfort stay awake darling but the news been sent in the oldest past. Play for me, And if you look Jack to the tabernacle with a deep respect You think you'll be thankful that the old is gone and the new has taken its place. It was a glorious space that only day for that come but stay away covenant. But the new's been sent and the old has passed away. Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come Then through the new the greater more perfect plea
5: Through the blood of the Son The Father's wrath was quenched at last For And all the sun